The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Truth Transforms with your host, Rev. Galen McDowell. Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. This is the program for spiritually enlightening discussion, interviews, and the practical application of new thought principles to transform your life. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome to Truth Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I am the Senior Assistant Minister at Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. We're here today on May 3rd of 2017 to continue working on the book, The Law and the Promise by Neville. I have requested that everyone who follows along with this series, please purchase the book because I'm only going to cover certain points and I'm skipping over primarily the stories. The reason being is I want you to really absorb the stories for yourself. I want to teach the basic principles and I want to kind of get to the bottom line, which is, you know, what's in it for you? What what can you do right now? What can you take as a practical lesson? What principle can you utilize to demonstrate in your life? That being said, in my opinion, the stories really drive home uh, his teachings in, in the individual chapters. So if you don't have the book, The Law and the Promise by Neville, I strongly suggest you get the book. Start working with it. And remember, one lesson lived is better than a million heard. So make sure that it's not just about reading the book or listening to me. That's great. I want you to listen to me. Uh, you know, that being said, I want you to read the book. That being said, the bottom line is I want you to be able to have practical spiritual principles to better your life. 
you know, I was thinking about something this morning uh, as I've been working through this material that at times people are consistently telling people, for instance, in religion, in the Christian religion, to believe in Jesus instead of believing Jesus. And what Neville and other new thought leaders and me uh, have been saying uh, for years is believe Jesus. I've been saying that one way or another through this whole series because these teachings are still based upon the teachings of Jesus and the different teachings of the different mystics uh, of the Bible and other religious traditions. But Neville is primarily teaching out of the the Judeo-Christian philosophy, the the mysticism and the metaphysics of it. So getting to the book, today we're going to be talking about the chapter, There Is No Fiction. There is no fiction. And this chapter is really important because he is basically saying in this chapter that today's fiction is tomorrow's fact. And many times when we're working with our minds, we really don't accept that the causation is mental. That the way to really transform our lives is by transforming our thinking our perceptions, our beliefs, utilizing our spiritual faculties like imagination and faith to demonstrate the good that we desire. It's one thing to say, oh, yeah, you know, I believe in God. I believe in one presence, one power. It's another thing to apply that belief to what we call the breakdowns of life. I want you to be able to apply what you are learning to your life. I want you to literally look at a situation and say, okay, what's the principle that I need to understand to be able to demonstrate this? Now, Neville is pretty simple because Neville uh, teaches basically how to work with your imagination and through faith demonstrate your good he's not really teaching a whole bunch of things his thing is about how do you demonstrate the universal law of god whatever term you choose to use that's really what he's teaching now in this chapter yet again he's saying that today's fiction is tomorrow's fact and you know, I can remember years ago uh, watching The Simpsons, and they were joking on the show about Donald Trump being the president. Today's fiction is tomorrow's fact. You know, and, and it was considered a joke, ha ha, laugh, laugh, laugh. Today's fiction is tomorrow's fact. Can you hold in your mind something that you could that you desire and focus on it enough to bring it into the world of facts? Because what is required to work with these principles is focus. What's required is concentration. What's required is understanding. What's required is intention. 
it's really important that we get this, that part of what Neville is saying is that we have to learn how to live intentional lives. And the only way we can be intentional with our lives is if we are being intentional with our thoughts. All right. So Neville says on page 44, the version of the book I have, the first page of chapter four of the law and the promise, he writes or he wrote, there is no fiction. If an imaginal activity can produce a physical effect, our physical world must be essentially imaginal. So what he's saying is, if a change in mind can produce a change in the physical world, then the physical world is not what we think it is. That's what he's really saying. What does that mean? In plain talk, what it means is that the physical world is an effect. It is not cause. That's what he's saying. Many of us try to deal with the physical world as if it was cause. And we are being affected by it. Instead of seeing it as an effect and we cause it. So well, how am I causing the physical world? Well, you're causing your own physical world and we as a collective create our physical experience. But we've always been causing our worlds because every time we make choices, we create new possibilities. Every time we make decisions, we create new possibilities. I go back to this movie I've referenced several times on this show before. I believe it was called Sliding Doors with Gwyneth Paltrow. And the, and the basis or the premise of the movie is what happens if one thing changes in your life? How can your life go? How can your life end up going in two different directions? So in the movie, this one woman who was played by Gwyneth Paltrow, goes to the subway and and in one situation she makes the train on the next situation the sliding doors catch her and she doesn't make the train that one thing creates two different lives one situation created two separate lives And I like the movie because it shows us how choice and how decision really work. The movie's a metaphor to how the the decisions that we make can lead us down one path or another. The energy, the conviction, the feelings that we have about a thing or about a situation or a life or about an experience or experiences can lead us down different paths. And while we're going down those different paths, new choices, new beliefs, new words, new actions, new reactions are creating new situations and circumstances. Why? Because it's never wrote. If an imaginal activity can produce a physical effect, our physical world must be essentially imaginal. We have to ask ourselves, what is it about the mind 
that can produce the results that it produces. At some level, it's all connected. As the quantum physicists always say, you know, that at a subatomic level, the observer changes that which is being observed. That just bringing consciousness into an experiment, in other words, when you when they do uh, observation um, observation tests on subatomic particles, when they look at it one time, it's a wave, and they look at it another time, it's a particle. Somebody else looks at it, it's a wave. Then, some, then they look at it again, it's a particle, based upon the perception. How is it that the consciousness of the observer is changing the literal subatomic physical reality of our universe? Maybe it's because consciousness, thought, belief, feeling is what is shaping and forming the primary elements of life. Just consider it. So he goes on to say in that paragraph, today's imaginal drama, fiction, becomes tomorrow's facts, fact. Today's imaginal drama, fiction, becomes tomorrow's fact. Can you accept the possibility that you're literally creating your tomorrows? You're not a victim of circumstance. You are a producer of possibility. Neville goes on to say on page 44, if we had this wider view of causation, that causation is mental, not physical, that our mental states are causative of physical effects, then we would realize our responsibility as a creator and imagine only the best imaginable. You know, this statement reminds me so much of uh, Reverend Johnny Coleman because she would say all the time, call it good, name it good, call it good, name it good. She would say, you have a, a camera, a picture taking picture. You know, you got a, a camera in your mind. She would use these terminologies, taking pictures all the time. What type of images are you holding? She would use really simple language. And as I read this material and I'm thinking about what she was saying holding images of prosperity, holding images of health, holding images of success. She was teaching us to recondition our minds to think successfully. She would tell us, pull out your best china and eat on it. Don't wait for somebody else. You're worthy of your best. She would say, put on your best clothes and go out. 
don't wait for a special this or special that something where you never wear your, your your you know your fur coat or your or your fancy jewelry or your best suit or ladies your you know best outfit or whatever like she would tell us if you want to go to eat don't wait for somebody to take you to the fancy restaurant you you've been desiring to uh, go and eat and go there to eat take yourself and i'm realizing that neville is saying the same thing because it's filling your mind with the images that you seek to reproduce and if you don't ever get around those type of images you can't produce them so if your mind is constantly on what's in your environment especially if your environment is not as holistic as you desire what you have to do literally is take your mind elsewhere. Sometimes that means making what they call image books or treasure maps uh, or uh, vision boards. You know, what that means is, you know, if you have to take a train or go get a car, take a car ride and go through prosperous neighborhoods. And, and maybe even if you can't do anything else other than go sit in a Starbucks of a wealthy neighborhood. Just get a feel of what it means to be in an environment of peace and prosperity, health and well-being and success. Like literally just absorb it. Go to the car dealership. She would say this. Go get the car dealership and sit in the car and smell the new car smell. You know, just soak it up. Why is it important? Because it has to be you have to feel it. You have to be in it. You know, I can, you know, you know, remember, you know, going to a boat show with a couple of my friends uh, when they have the, you know, the, the the yachts and things of that nature. And my daughter, Angel, was younger at the time. She might have been around 11 or so. Um, and she had such a great time. And one of the things that she did, she was 11 or 12, was when she saw those yachts, she got up and she made me take pictures of her in those yachts, you know, on the steering wheel and whatever. And as I'm playing this in my mind now, even I can literally see her in every place basically saying, this is my yacht. This is I, this is what I want when I grow up. This is what I want now, which is no different than when people go to the uh, auto show. Especially in Chicago, we have a very large auto show every year, and people are sitting, this is going to be my car. What are they really doing? What is the auto industry doing? The auto industry is playing with the imagination. They want you to see yourself in that Mercedes, in that Benz, in that Range Rover, in that Cadillac, in that whatever it is car that you like, in that Jaguar or whatever. See yourself in it. Sit in it. Feel it. Because they know that. If you can see it, even though currently it's fiction, if the desire is strong enough around that image, you will create a way for you to have that experience. I'm telling you, it, I, I can remember as a kid, my dad always wanted to have a Jaguar, and he would take me into those Jaguar dealerships, and I would sit and, and with him, and he would, you know, and I would always say, "Oh man, I, when I grow up, I'm going to get a Jaguar." And I can remember years ago, I don't have it now, that you know, an experience, an opportunity came where 
you know, ironically, he was working as a manager in a car dealership, and he called me and he said, I got it. I was like, what? He's like, Jaguar. I got it. You got to come get it. This is what you've been looking for. And I bought that car the same day. And I had been holding the image of having that, uh, a particular type of Jaguar for years in my mind. Now, why was that important? Because not it was the color I wanted. It was the body type. I wanted the S type. It was the body type I wanted. And it was going to go to one of the other dealerships that he was connected to. And he saw it and he flagged it and had it sent to his store. And it was waiting for me. My dad was in the right situation and the right circumstance to produce the situation for me. Why? How does that work? Because I had to have it in my own mind. It was all perfect. All I had to do was show up, write a check for a down payment, and drive out with my new car. It was boom, boom, boom. So I'm looking at the time. It's uh, time for the first break. So let us take our first break, and I'll be right back with Truth Transforms. you like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world that's easier than ever with mobile giving just text unity radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. It is the birthright of each and every one of us to live an awakened life. Most religions and spiritual traditions teach us that we need to adopt a certain belief system or follow some prescribed steps to attain a state of enlightenment. A long-held belief about awakening is that only a small number of people destined to become gurus or spiritual teachers can attain it. It is certainly true that until recent times, only a small number of people on the planet had attained this state of full self-realization. These saints, mystics, and spiritual masters were seen as special. They certainly were at the time. However, times are changing. This message was brought to you by T.J. Woodward, host of Awakened Living Radio. Learn more from T.J. on his weekly podcasts. Episodes are available on unityonlineradio.org, iTunes, and Google Play Music.
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms. Now, here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm teaching the book, The Law and the Promise by Neville. So um, I'm teaching the chapter, There Is No Fiction. Before I get back to the book, let me remind you that this show, along with all the other shows on Unity Online Radio, are supported by your donation. So as you freely receive, freely give, you can go to unity.fm and click on the giving button to help support this online ministry. Uh, also, please be reminded that this show has a Facebook page, Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Go on the sh- on the page, please like it so you can follow along with it. Uh, my request is that you give it a f- five star rating. So when people find out about the Facebook page and they want to know about the show, they can see your five star rating and and, you know, and let people know what you think about the show. Also, the shows are available on iTunes and Stitcher iTunes, obviously for Apple devices, Stitcher for Android devices. And when you go on iTunes and Stitcher, you can also leave ratings. So if you do listen to the show on iTunes and Stitcher, also please make sure that you are um, giving it, you know, five star ratings because it helps the algorithms produce whatever they need to produce for the show to uh, achieve greater exposure. So we want to make sure that we get this message out. Uh, I really believe that this new thought message is a message that can really help transform the consciousness of humanity. I believe that with everything in me. Therefore, it is necessary for us to make sure that we do our part in spreading the message. So make sure you do that. If you want to call in today, you can call in at 888-558-6489, Give me a call. I love to hear from the people. I realize some folks don't like to talk live over the internet i realize that it is forever that being said your question could help somebody else not just yourself so if you if you feel inclined to ask a question call in i won't bite i promise now before i get back to the law and the promise i want to read uh, out of the book creative visualization for beginners by richard webster and he's talking about beliefs and, and why they're important So I just want to read this really quickly and then get back to Neville. He wrote on page 25 of this book under the chapter, The Power of Belief. Your beliefs are not the same as your faith. Your beliefs are the result of all the conscious and unconscious information that you have accepted as being true throughout your life. You behave in the way you do because of the beliefs you have created. Unfortunately, these beliefs frequently prevent you from seeing the whole picture because you view life through a filter created by them. In other words, you see only what you want to see rather than what may actually be there. I think that's a really powerful quote, and I'm going to read it again because I just want to make sure that it is absorbed yet again. Your beliefs are not the same as your faith. Your beliefs are the result of all the conscious and unconscious information that you have accepted as being true throughout your life. You behave in the way you do because of the beliefs you have created. Unfortunately, these beliefs frequently prevent you from seeing the whole picture 
because you view life through a filter created by them. In other words, you see only what you want to see rather than what actually may be there. Mm. 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 So it is really important that we investigate our beliefs because if you want to demonstrate what Neville is talking about in the law and the promise, you can't have beliefs that are inconsistent with what he's saying. If he's saying uh, imagining creates reality and, and your beliefs are saying, yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. That means you have to continually work on your beliefs until you can accept the possibility. You don't have to know it completely, but just accept the possibility that imagining creates reality. Moving back on to the book, we have um, uh, on the bottom of page 44, he says that but causation does not lie in the external world of facts. The drama of life originates in the imagination of man. The real act of becoming takes place within man's imagination and not without. Now, I love the term becoming the real act of becoming because as individual souls, we're always in the process of becoming. There's no such thing as. I've made it spiritually. There's always growth. Why? Because if God is infinite and we are the image and likeness of God, then we are infinite beings as well. There is no limit to what is possible for us. Now, you might say, well, I have a mortal body. I have physical challenges. I have financial this or whatever. But remember, that's viewing yourself only based upon the physical you that you understand. And we've been saying all along for doing this show and during the course of this series that we're talking about the spiritual you and the you at the soul level. So your spirit, soul, body, we are spirit, soul, body. Man is a threefold being. Every man, woman, and child is spirit, soul, and body. If you only know yourself as a body, you only know yourself as one-third of who you are. But when you start talking about spirit, spirit is I am. Spirit is the God in you. Spirit is your potential. The soul or consciousness or awareness of being is your understanding use of the spiritual you. It is your mentality, is your thinking and your feeling. Both spirit and soul are intangible. It is the physical you that you interact with in the world of form. But the world of form is a byproduct of the mental. That's why the the world of form does not necessarily always express the perfection of God because the effect can only be as good as the cause. And if the thinking is off, the effect will be off. That's why 
the world of form or the world of effects or what we call the three-dimensional reality is an ebb and flow of a lot of different conflicting beliefs, wants, desires, what we call good, what some people call bad, and a whole bunch of in-between because you're actually seeing the result of a matrix of thought. In other words, an accumulation of varying belief systems producing different outcomes and they're clashing at times with each other. But hear me, if you wanted to deal with your experiences, stop trying to change everybody else first. Get your mind right. Get your thinking in alignment with the truth within you. What we in the New Thought Movement would call the indwelling Christ or the I am or your spiritual identity or the indwelling Lord or the God in you or the image and likeness or the perfect pattern. All saying the same thing, the spiritual you. You have to get the soul, the awareness of being in alignment as much as you can understand with the truth of who you are. When you do that, it makes what Neville is talking about much easier because you're not trying to fight against the beliefs that don't accept this. He has stories in here where people are trying to disprove his stuff. But here's the thing about disproving a science, and this is mental and spiritual science. Even when you don't believe that water boils at 212 degrees, it still does. But here's the thing. If you don't, if you don't believe water will boil at 212 degrees, you might not get the pot put it on the stove or the whatever over the over a flame or whatever and put water in the pot and allow it to, to boil you many times your belief systems won't allow you to try to demonstrate a principle and many times we don't follow to the letter the teachings that have been passed down to us. I was just having this discussion yesterday with some of my minister buddies. How much, let me rephrase this. How often do we veer from the integrity of what has been passed down? Looks like I have a caller again. Uh, uh, caller, are you there? I am. Okay, who am I speaking to? Um, this is Felicia. Felicia, where are you calling from, if you don't mind me asking? Sure, um, I live in the Chicago area. Okay, beautiful. All right. And, and, I, and do I, you I have just, what? I'm sorry, go ahead. I said, do you have a question? Yes. Um, first of all, thank you so much for doing this series. I'm really enjoying it. And I've read Neville for uh, many years, and he, he was always um, a little difficult to understand. So I really appreciate you breaking it down. Um, 
My question is, many times in, uh, in his readings, he talk about, uh, you know, visioning what it is you want prior to um, actually going to sleep at night. So I'm wondering what's the difference between that and just, you know, during your day visualizing. Can you talk on that a little bit? Sure, sure. You said Felicia, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. So, Felicia, um, many studies have stated that the subconscious mind is more receptive to impression late at night before you go to sleep and early in the morning right when you wake up. Because you because while you're asleep or before you go to sleep, you're kind of in that in between stage between conscious and subconscious, between the conscious and subconscious mind, where the conscious mind and its uh, barriers to um, you know when your mind is focused on the things, it, it it creates its own natural barriers because if you're focused on something, you're not focused on other things. So if you have hardened, deep-seated beliefs about a thing, things, one of the ways that you can help shift those beliefs at the subconscious level, at the feeling nature, at the deep-seated belief level is by impressing upon it before you go to sleep because you're relaxed, your mind is relaxed, you're not thinking about what I got to do for the day. The idea for Neville is to play in your mind you know, either recreating the day or creating the next day or creating the desire you're in your mind and as much as you possibly can, living from that desire. Instead of look, seeing it, see from it. And it, since the mind is more impressionable at that time, even, you know, from the st standpoint of the things you remember, uh, things that affect you, um, Think about, you know, how impressionable it, you are in the morning and if something happened, how it can shift your whole day. So exactly. part of it is 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 making sure that you're being intentional about how you're already wired. And the subconscious mind does not know the difference between a past, present and future experience. One of the ways we know that is if you think about something in the past, you can still experience the pain from something that happened decades ago. Mm -hmm. At the same time, you can anticipate something that you in, you want or you can anticipate something you're afraid of and ex have feelings as if it is happening now. Some people get called into the boss and what the boss want? Why are they calling me to the office? Oh, my mm -hmm. God. And you start playing out all these scenarios in your mind that have never happened. But your body will react as if it's really happening. Sweat glands will activate. Adrenal glands will dump. Uh, you start releasing uh, your body. Your brain tells your body to start releasing hormones. Nervous system activates. Breathing will start to happen. What's actually happening? Your subconscious mind is playing with an image and it has convinced you that this is happening. Because it doesn't know the difference between now, yesterday, and tomorrow. So when you get that premise, you can understand what Neville is saying. You're working with your mind, and you're taking the time during impressionable moments. Not to say that other moments can't work, but the idea is to do it. This is why people who work with meditation, many times people will say, do your prayer work, 
then do your meditation work, you know, and then as you do your meditation and you have your mind in a more relaxed, passive state, that's when you do the, uh, the, the, you know, the image work and whatever, because you want to get your mind in a passive state. Does that make sense? Yes. Well said. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, and I appreciate the support of the show. Absolutely. Have All a great right. God day. God bless you. Bye. Uh-huh. So um, I'm looking at the time, and I'm, I'm only a few seconds away f- from the second break, so if anybody else has calls, you can call in after uh, when we come back from the next from the last break. Give me a call, 888-558-6489. Uh, we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Have you asked your soul what it wants? Or are you so busy meeting the needs of everyone else? Family, friends, children, bosses, that you haven't checked in with the part of you that matters most? Janet Connor asked this question and received an answer. Your soul wants five things. That's it. Five things. Your soul wants to connect with source. Commit to values serve a purpose, express itself creatively, and last, it longs to create a beautiful, abundant life. Janet Connor teaches five wisdom habits that meet those needs. You can take each course separately or register for the complete Your Soul Wants Five Things series and receive $1,000 in bonuses for free. Visit JanetConnor.com and explore all five courses in her signature series, Your soul wants five things. Your soul will thank you. Experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Reverend Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. If you have questions or comments about today's program, or if you'd like to join in on the discussion, email us at truthtransforms at unity.fm. Now back to Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. So I'm going to skip a, a few pages um, and get on to the next um, point that uh, Neville was seeking to teach in his um, book. He's talking about prophets, uh, about the ability to see what is possible for you. He's using it from the context of being able to see. He says uh, at the top of page 48, uh, a prophet is a seer, not an arbitrary dictator. The prophet sees the possibility. 
He says the function of the prophet is not to tell us what is inevitable, but to tell us what can be built out of persistent imaginal activities. So in a way, you are your own prophet because you should be able to to see what's possibly coming down the line for you by the type of thoughts that you are currently holding. You are your own prophet. Now, because universal law is is exact. The Apostle Paul wrote it this way. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, so shall he reap. God is not mocked. Not meaning that God is vindictive, but this is talking about God in the context of universal law. Thoughts held in mind produce after their own kind. Therefore, you can become your own prophet. So when people say they have the gift of prophecy, what they're really seeing is the possibility of the imaginal acts and the choices that go along with it. So out of the realm of possibility, based upon your trend of thought, this is what is possibly can happen for you or not happen for you. This is in the Bible. They would show up. Thus says the Lord, don't do this, don't do that, or don't do this, or this will happen. And <laughs> it seems as though, even though that would happen over and over again, the people would still do it, and then it would happen. So imaginal activities, your imaginal activities can help you anticipate things. Now, he goes on to say, yet again, saying the same thing in this chapter over and over again. Page 48, the future is determined by the imaginal activities of humanity. The future is determined by the imaginal activities of humanity. Then he makes a really powerful an absolute statement further down the page he wrote nothing continues in being save what imagining supports nothing continues in being save what imagining supports you can't have something in your life that your thinking will not support that's what it's really saying. This is what happens, you know, when, you know, like with a game of chance, like lottery, the lottery. It is well stated by many newspapers that a large majority of lottery winners who take all of their money out at one time within seven years don't have any money. How is that possible? Because their imaginal acts or their thoughts or their self-perception is inconsistent with that wealth. The subconscious mind functions somewhat like a thermostat. There's a big difference between a thermostat and a thermometer. A thermostat sets temperature. A thermometer informs you what the temperature is. Now, a thermometer is good, but if your home is cold and you need heat, a thermometer won't help you. A thermostat will kick in and tell the gas to come on, the furnace, and to warm the home until it's, till you reach whatever you have your, uh, thermostat set to, uh, set at for the temperature in your home. Same thing with the AC. If it's too hot, the thermostat will say it's too, too hot in here. Let's bring the temperature down. AC kick on and we will, we will keep the air conditioning on until the 
therm to, to the temperature is where the thermostat says it should be. Well, your life is functioning based upon your subconscious thermostat. So if your life is at a place where things are breaking down in a way that's inconsistent with the way you believe your life should be, your thermostat kicks in. Now, this relationship don't work for me. I deserve better than this, and you will get yourself where you're supposed to be. Or I'm not making enough money. You'll get yourself, you'll hustle, get a second job, you know, start selling Mary Kay, whatever. Get yourself to where you need to be. Whatever that process is, you know, some people, when they get a little bit overweight and they are used to being a certain size they start working out they cut their diet whatever because they have in their mind what they what they are supposed to look like where it's the same thing on the other side it's the same thing on the other side if you are experiencing successes that are that that are inconsistent with your self-perception subconsciously like an air conditioner, your subconscious mind will produce experiences that will cool you off. So this is how people lose the money. This is how people mess up the good relationships. This is how people mess up success opportunities. We need to make sure that our thermostat is set on prosperity. That our thermostat is set on peace of mind. That our thermostat is set on love and loving relation, loving and supportive relationships. We need to make sure our thermostat is set on success. We need to make sure our thermostat is set on divine health. <clears throat> it's really important to make sure that subconsciously you are where you need to be. If you allow your subconscious mind, your thermostat, to be fed images that are inconsistent with your good that you desire, you're going to get results you don't really want. But they will be consistent with what you're feeding your subconscious mind. Excuse me, I apologize. Talking this voice, I'm, I'm so passionate. Uh, uh, straining the voice here a little bit. So, what is Neville really trying to get to? He said, you have to take control of your mind. The Apostle Paul again said it best. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Romans 12, 2. Said it over and over again. Philippians 4.8, whatever is true, trustworthy, etc. Think on these things. Good report. Think on these things. Philippians 4.19, and my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. What does he want you to do? Put your mind on what you say you desire. Keep your mind lifted up. Keep feeding your mind as as the 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 images. This is what you, this is why you have to generate them in your mind, and sometimes it's necessary to get support. You know, get the meditation CDs, the guided meditations, and listen to them and follow through with them. That's why I like to listen to 
uh, Kelly Howell. I download her meditations on my iPhone. And when I have downtime or I, or just systematically, I listen to them. I, I'll listen to different meditation things on YouTube sometimes. Take a moment in my office. Okay, this is prayer work. This is a spiritual thing. I have to stop. I just can't be typing and calling and meeting and writing to take care of church business. The primary work of church business is to make sure that you have the right consciousness because it will dictate the other things. So if I'm in a consciousness that's out of alignment with the truth of who I am, that's going to touch everything that I have to touch that day. But then we wonder why things are just going awry. But when we get in tune, when we do our prayer work, when we do our meditation work, when we get centered and con- and consciously connected, we're always connected, but we're not always conscious of it. It allows us to allow the data flow and opportunities and possibilities present themselves. And when even if a situation shows up that tries to rock the boat because we know who we are, we allow it to lovingly pass on into his nothingness. That's part of the process that we have to understand. Therefore, again, as he wrote on page 48, nothing continues in being save what imagining supports. Charles Fillmore wrote that evil is is a parasite. It's parasitic. In other words, it feeds on the energy of the person. It's not a thing itself. It's a byproduct of our adulterated, erroneous thinking. So to have what we call evil happen, evil results is because we are thinking out of alignment with the truth of who we are. And our lack of spiritual maturity is showing up as the violence, the drama and trauma of the world based upon the, the immature ego and not our spiritual understanding. So, Neville says on page 53, test yourself, if only out of curiosity. You will discover the prophet is your own imagining, and you will know there is no fiction. So he's saying just put it to the test. See if it works for yourself. Don't believe him. Try it. Try it. Shift the beliefs. Practice the exercises, and this is why I want you to read, get the book so you can read the stories in this book. Because in this book, he gives real accounts of people who actually worked with his teachings. Work with it and see for yourself. So, you'll start planting seeds that you will have forgotten about. And then you'll look up and like, oh, my God, God is blessing me in so many ways. I realizing that you planted that seed yourself. Yes, give God the glory, but recognize that you have to be open and receptive to the blessings. But you are the sower and you're sowing your own seeds. So with that, we're going to wrap up this chapter because this chapter is full of stories. And I want you to read the stories yourself to be able to have it impact your soul in a particular kind of way. So God bless you, and I'll be with you next week with Truth Transforms.
Thank you for tuning in to Truth Transforms with Reverend Galen McDowell. Join us every Wednesday at 10 a.m. for live discussions about how to live a spiritually transformed, prosperous, healthy, and joyful life. Truth Transforms, only on Unity Online Radio. This program is brought to you in part by Christ Universal Temple in Chicago, Illinois. Online at www.cutemple.org and on Facebook and Twitter under CU Temple. Does the idea of being a vegetarian or a vegan intrigue you? Is it something you've pondered? Listen each week as Victoria Moran, author of Main Street Vegan, shows you how to make the shift to a sustainable lifestyle for both you and the planet. Each week you'll learn about the latest on the vegan life. It's not just for celebrities and moguls, but for people just like you who want to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Guests will range from unity ministers to vegan authors, activists, physicians, chefs, and even some of those glittery celebs. There'll be recipes, ideas, tips for going vegan at your own pace, and ways to make a difference for animals and the planet at every meal. Tune in Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time for Main Street Vegan, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. A carpenter was working at a cathedral. He was laying tiles on the highest part of the roof and wasn't making an effort to do a good job. His foreman noticed the poor work and said, You'll have to redo that portion of the roof and do it right. The carpenter asked why. No one's ever going to see these tiles way up here. The foreman answered, God will see them, and God is very particular. Although other people may not see it, the universe is aware of your attitude. So are you. Your attitude affects every aspect of your life. If you change your attitude, you will change your life. Changing your thoughts helps change your actions and can result in positive changes in the world around you. This message has been brought to you by the Association of Unity Churches International. To find a Unity Church near you, visit www.unity.org. I will leave this world as it is. The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your soul wants five things. As she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. 
And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.